everyone, welcome to the teaser episode of Book Versations. In this episode, we'll be talking about the reason behind Book Versations, why we started it, and what our intentions are. Uh, we'll be discussing fiction and non-fiction books, everything from the writing, the characters, the themes, and the storytelling. Mahmoud um, and I tend to read the same books, and we thought we should share these conversations with the world. This teaser episode is inspired by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's Purple Ibis. Uh, yes, because I had to say it's, you know, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Interesting. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's one of our favorite, well, one of my favorite Chimamanda books. It's Mahmoud's favorite Chimamanda book. Definitely. I think I prefer Half a Year in the Sun. But... Story wise or writing wise? can't compare the stories, the two different stories. And I like. I think both stories are important. You can't compare Poppy Biscuits to Half a Year in the Sun. Both stories are important, but I actually think you can definitely compare which one is more memorable for you. Like, read an experience. I'm not joking. Really? Okay. I remember putting I'm it down, I was thinking, oh my god, no, kind of no, my baby. I mean, yeah. I have no, no emotional issue. attachment to Half a Year in the Sun. Wow. None whatsoever. Do you know how desperate I was to watch that stupid movie that they made? <laughs> oh <my> that movie, <laughs> was, um, I don't even want to remember the fact that Jen Boyega was like, Ugu. I know. That movie was so... I think and I fell asleep. I was waiting for it, it was so, so much. Me and Kane and we're looking yeah. for expecting it and all that stuff. And then we watched the movie together at my house. And I was like, what a disappointment. It's just, it was That's best. how much I loved the book. Well, okay, no shade to, what's her name? Is it Tandy Newton? Yeah. I think that's her name. But from the moment they casted her instead of a dark-skinned woman in that role, was the main yeah. character supposed to be dark-skinned? I had a problem with that, yeah, actually. Because so. the fact that a lot of the actresses and actors were American. Yeah. I mean, they had Nigerians in there, but I still felt like they should have all been Nigerian because the story is a story of Nigerians in Nigeria. Yeah, but you Whereas know, funny story funny um, As we were saying about storytelling... Yeah. I have no emotional attachment to Half of the Other I think he needs to read it again. Uh, probably. I've read I that book like four times. But then I've read Poppy Biscuits like four times as okay. well, to be fair. Poppy Biscuits is such a good book because I feel like it made me grip my heart several times because a lot of the things in the story you could relate to. I think that's the thing about Poppy Biscuits you could relate to a lot of things in the story. It was a coming of age novel. Definitely. I think that obviously that's why like they use it for GCSE in school because she can't believe 16 years old and yeah. kids at GCSE 15, 16, they can relate to the story. Really okay, well. should we talk about what the plot is about? Yeah, sure. So, two line summary of. Papa Viscous. It is about a 15-year-old girl, Camberley, who is the main protagonist, and her relationship with her religiously fanatic father. And her cousins, actually. Mm-hmm. I think what I like about this character is that she grows, she changes, and you can see the change from the beginning of the book up until the end of the story. She's quite a meek character at the beginning. She, oh, she Very... is. Sometimes I'm just like, can you not talk? Archetypical, yes, exactly. Like a silent Yeah, but then observer. I feel like eventually she grows i think one of my favorite scenes in the book is when her cousin was like getting rude to her uh-huh. and her mom was then was her auntie was like kimberly don't you have mouth or something really into that and I was yeah like, finally i actually remember that because she's the sort of character that doesn't really stand up for herself at all it's very much i'll let other p- people push me around so part of like the emotional like attraction in the book is when she eventually mm-hmm, becomes mm-hmm. someone with a voice I think what I found very interesting was the fact that she saw her dad as, like, this figure that doesn't flaw. In that head, it never did anything wrong. Obviously, yeah. until later. In the beginning, even though after everything that happened in your family with her brother, with um, the mom losing the babies, it was like, her dad was just still her dad. But you know what's interesting about that? Because I've seen a lot of conversations on social media about how, like, a man can be a great father, but a horrible husband, or more That's generally. So it's that thing of, like, for a little girl your daddy. yeah like your daddy is your dad you don't want no, to but then see he wasn't just a horrible husband it was a horrible father to her brother remember the story of, of when jaja was 10 years old and yeah. i think he must have missed the 
answer to the catechism where he came second or something uh-huh. and he beat him such that his finger cut off. Okay, now we've got to talk. <laughs> exactly. Discipline. Discipline. Oh, God. Discipline in African or more specifically Nigerian context. I feel like there's a fine line between discipline and abuse. And this one, in fact, the there's, no blur, there's no bloodline in Papa Viscus. At it all. No, no, there was no fine line. It was literally abuse. Because um, who actually takes boiling water and pours it on the feet of the child? I remember every time I read that book yeah. and I get to that scene, I'm just thinking in my head, how did she survive? You'd be surprised. Trauma. And we don't talk about that enough. And they always say it's because they love you. We're trying to protect uh-huh. you. How do you show love? That is so true. But that's, you know what? It's a sad thing with Afri- African parents. They're like, oh, but we already ask you if you've eaten. That's our way of showing love. We already ask you if you're okay. They've given that's you a house. What else do you want? Literally, but it's like, it's basic things your parent is meant to do for a child. You brought me to the world so you should provide for me shelter and a loving environment to grow and thrive. And obviously teach me. I'm not saying don't correct me, but not that every second you slap me like you know when I was doing my research for psychology and uh-huh. there's like there's four types of parenting and there's author um, authoritative authoritarian permissive okay. and um, neglective and the one of the authoritarian was the one where the kids who have those parents would grow up to be so like meek like they would never speak up for themselves they um, was insecure because mm-hmm. or they always feel like they grow up feeling like their opinion does not matter because mm-hmm. when you grow up when you're raised by a lot of Nigerian parents actually yeah. maybe West African parents I don't know but a lot of Nigerian parents because you can't question them yeah. and they're always right it's so nice. when you find yourself in environments you always think your opinion doesn't, doesn't matter, matter. Or your opinion is never good enough, and therefore you just don't speak up. Mm. It's, I feel like you can relate this to when kids get abused or when people get raped. The majority of the reasons why people don't speak up is firstly, ooh, they don't think anyone believed them. Yeah. Secondly, they've not been raised to speak up, and if the person is abusing them, is like their uncle or whatever, they probably already know the back of their mind that their parents will probably believe the uncle before they believe. Do you them. think that's specific to a Nigerian context though? Because I think across across the board with like rape or abuse, wherever it is generally it's about like the power dynamic so that is like, true. regardless of whether that's someone true. grew up in a nigerian household or oh, not no, i think it's true. like very hard to speak about it like terry, terry cruz is so a perfect true. example of an adult who got sexually assaulted and if it wasn't for the me too movement he wouldn't have had the confidence to speak about that's it so, so i guess that but i also feel like there's an extent where you can have like a loving relationship. So a balance. Yeah. Is this this is the balance. interesting conversation because I, I feel like parents in some way repeat the behavior that they were taught yes. with, right? Yes. So like yes. to an extent, yes. now that we're grown up, I'm like, can you, how much can you even blame them? Because that's what they knew. But I feel like the yeah. aim for me is I don't want to be raise my children the way, to an extent, not yeah. obviously all of it, but to an extent the way I've been raised by my parents. Mm. And I try to make sure I, I'm active in that decision. Yeah. So, for example, today I was tutoring this girl and she was really like naughty. You know how kids are? Uh-huh. She's eight years yeah. old. And she's very playful. And the mom would be like, oh, why don't you just slap her? And I just felt like it doesn't work for all That's kids, first of all. Second of all. Exactly. I just felt like it wasn't discipline. I felt like I'd rather punish you until you face the wall because mm-hmm. then you're not doing anything. You like playing. So, when you're yeah. facing the wall, you're not doing anything. Uh-huh. And so, you would not want to repeat the same thing. Yeah. But rather than eat hitting you because um, then you would internalize that. And like, People take that differently. Obviously, exactly. some kids, it works for them, but I just feel like, yeah. isn't it, why do you even want to try? I feel like we should try alternative methods first. That's true. So I just try to actively make sure that I'm not doing things that I say I don't want to do or I've seen yeah. other parents do to their kids that I know that I definitely don't want to do with my kids. Mm. Just always remind myself, that I know that's not the way forward. You might think it works now, but it's when parents hit their kids, it either makes them mute or makes them even worse. Bringing it back to Papa Viscus, what I find interesting is how, in a way, Kambali and her mom are very similar she was loving in a sense but she didn't really put up an opposition against the father like the father's way of disciplining them 
the mum cannot talk. They were in the same situation. Yeah, of course. That's what I'm saying. The mum. I don't feel like the mum could have said anything. Just going to she was pregnant. She going to the what's that guy the reverend's house or something. Yeah, and she couldn't eat because she felt sick. And the the dad came home and punished her. She probably knew that what her husband was doing was bad, but she couldn't even talk to him. So how could she then prevent him from talking or trying to change his form of discipline? Yeah, I feel like that's why she tried her best to be there when she could be there uh-huh. for the kids i think that only leads to resentment like they would see their mother speaking for the yeah. character now but then the characters i felt like they felt sorry for their mom they usually always pray that they could save her and the baby yeah. remember that's true they could see that their mom was helpless mm-hmm. if it was like they didn't see their mom helpless or their dad didn't do anything to their mom and she just shut up then that would have been different exactly right? but it's different when you could see your mom is actually helpless herself yeah. They were all in the same boat, really. Literally, they are all in the same position, apart from the father. I feel like they were just all his kids, even his wife. Okay, so like you mentioned earlier, he, he thought that punishment was a way of expressing his love. Like, I care about you, therefore I'll punish you so I show you the right way. But his way was... Cl- That's a very twi- twisted his way, way of showing love. Tw- absolutely, absolutely <laughs> twisted. Like, burning your child, like putting your child's feet in hot water is not... That's not but love. he's like, everyone loves him outside. That's why I felt so sorry for Kimberly. If you go to her cousins or if you move on to her relationship with other family members, I felt so sorry for her because everyone thinks she's proud. Yeah. Because our dad is rich, he's got all mm-hmm. these companies, we mm-hmm. know him well, but I don't know what she's going through. That's true. And I, I, I know she yearns for some sort of friendship, maybe with just her cousin, but it's hard because you can't tell people, oh, my dad is evil. Unless they see it for themselves because they would think, what do you mean? That's evil. So that's always kind to everyone. Because he's, what do you call it? A, is it a pastor, evangelical leader? He's one of those, yeah. Yeah, he's like in a church. church. I don't remember. So it's that thing about character outside. Yeah. He's this perfect image and you of can't a punish religious someone else's leader. Child. You know that, Exactly. Right? But then within his house, he's this monster. I think that's part of why the story is actually, it has that tension and it's interesting. Because mm-hmm. you have this character that's so well loved by everyone. But then in his own household, absolutely like an absolute rubbish. terror to everyone was, when he would punish his kid. It was where she had the portrait of her granddad. Yeah. And he used the metal bit of the belt to, oh, to hit her. Oh exactly, exactly. And that she was, was literally gone and he didn't stop. Oh, yeah, that was it. An emotional she was in the hospital for months, I'm sure. But then moving on to like the storytelling, I yeah. loved the way she started from the point where Jaja didn't go to community. Yeah. I, I love the way she started a novel. She started a novel in the middle and then she went back. But it was a really good flow. Well, didn't the first line come from Things Fall Apart? Yeah, it did. Which was Things, a nice... I, oh, I love it. it. When I read it, I was like, oh my God, I love this. Because she was like, Things Fell Apart last Referencing Sunday. the legacy of Chinua Chobe. Uh, that no, was I beautiful. Loved it. I, loved I loved it. I loved that too. Things there to fall apart at home with my brother, Jaja. Oh, it was, yeah. It was nice. Actually, no, back to relationships. I was going to ask you an important question. What do you think of Campbell's relationship with what's his name the priest when they eventually moved yeah the priest at uncle at, at auntie's place because i don't know i mean you know that the guy was was he a priest it was a kind of what it was but it was definitely a monk or something yeah someone that could not get married uh-huh. basically but you could tell that there was some sort of attraction extra attraction and extra care for comedy would you put that extra there was a what's the, the age there was a good age difference between them De- I've, i don't know i don't know i think it was quite young okay. it was just like they, it was quite young and good looking i think they referred to in the book yeah but it was just that like we knew that they could not be together because he wasn't uh, yeah but i just felt like I don't know. It felt weird reading that because Same. I had a feeling that if he wasn't a monk, then then they yeah they would have been together. Because Campbell had feelings for him, so I liked the way it was to her, towards her. But you couldn't put it as a brotherly figure because it wasn't that at all. Yeah, and even the cousin could see that it was some sort of liking. But to some extent, her. could you read it as a way of her finding something within 
within him that she couldn't find within her father. It could like be this that. figure that is that. protective, that is caring, that is that it's almost like a nurturing me protective. Of game. Yeah, it's a different story. Exactly. But, <laughs> yes, right but it's very it's it it that is, thing of I think that's what it is because she has no male father. in her life. Yeah, minus her brother. Yeah, exactly. Who's caring to her and cares about her and so. wants to know what she thinks. Would invite her to play because their life was actually timetable. Uh-huh. I mean, I like a very well scheduled life timetable, all that stuff, but. Their life was timetable to the T. I know. Nap at this time. It's like going to the military. Lunch school. at this time. Revising at this time. And the thing is, remember when they lost their baby? She couldn't tell her dad that that's why she couldn't revise. Yeah. All she could see in her book was blood. Mm-hmm. That she even came second with that. Exactly. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, same. It was very much. That's amazing. one thing about the Nigerian education system I don't like. What? The position then, where they'll tell you what position you came in the class of how many people. Oh, yeah. I actually oh. forgot we don't get that here. Oh, oh but no, I'm sorry, but when choice. we were in primary school, that was a thing that you were coming home. But I didn't and like you got that. First, the reason why I didn't like that was because parents would feel the need to compare you because they knew true. you came second. Yeah, so we came first. Yeah, what, what's wrong with that person? I know. You know what I hate was when I went to secondary school. Uh-huh. In my, my when I went to two secondary schools in Nigeria, and then one of them, they would call you at the end of every term. We obviously in Nigeria, it's yeah. exams end of term and all that stuff. They'll call out on the assembly the first, second, or third out position. Loud. Okay, they'll no. call you then per class. So everyone knew who first. You know how much pressure that put on people? Yeah. The school I went to, they started calling out. They'll call it the first, second, third. I went third. And when I first started the school, the first term, first year, I came third. Yeah. And then from then on, I started coming first, I think. Uh-huh. But then there was a year. Uh-huh. I think it was like the second year of SS2. So second year of like year 10. Yeah. I must have come. My teacher made a mistake in my results. Okay. And I came fourth. Yeah. Right? Oh, God. At this slipped. point, I didn't even know I came fourth. Uh-huh. People already spread the news around the school. And exactly. so we went to assembly, I remember, and this guy called at third position, called at second position, called at first, and my name didn't come up. People didn't let me hear the end of it. it. Just, oh my the god. The noise has been Oh, people were like, oh, dear, you thought you were smart, but uh-huh. you? And all that stuff, and look at you now. And yeah. I was like, eh, interesting. You know what I found so irritating? My chemistry teacher, yeah, it would, you know what it would do? It put your oh. name and your score. On the board, like the nicest, it's not everyone in the class, nicest board of the school. I feel like the Nigerian education system sometimes is designed to crush your spirit. It is actually literally designed to because what's the purpose of doing that? To like shame and embarrass people. Does he put everyone's name on the everybody's name? It doesn't matter if you got 21 props. But I feel like for them, it's like, oh, in their mind, they're trying to encourage because I had a chemistry teacher in my A levels here who was like that she yeah. has to shame people which is so I found uh-huh. it so bad because I remember some girl in our class she was retaking AS yeah. and she wasn't feeling well for the uh-huh. first couple of weeks this is the first week of starting AS she wasn't feeling well and then the day she came back we had the tests and this one she tends to like mark the test in the class and he finished early Yeah. so this girl finished early obviously because she hasn't really been in class she doesn't really know what's going on and she submits her work to the teacher the teacher's marking 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 the class is quiet because everyone's doing the test mm. right you know what she said she goes you're the biggest mistake I've ever made in my Whoa. life. I regret taking on an AS retake to the girl in front of the in entire In front of class. everyone. And the girl started crying. Oh, it was there so sad. Be a and in her mind, she she felt like she was helping. Now, she would shame you to the teeth. Yeah. You throw your test today, you come in next, and she'd be like, look at you. You're coming late. You think you can come late? I thought you filled my test last no, week. No, I think we can categorically say that's not effective. So we're just going to wrap up our discussion of Purple Ibiscus. What would your rating be to the book? I'd rate it 7 out of 5 because it's an amazing book and I think everyone should have a copy of this book. Interesting. Um, I'm the more rational person here. Interesting. So I would rate it 5 out of 5. Yeah, up. I completely agree. I think the story, the storytelling is brilliant and... Um, there's a lot of like really interesting themes that make you reflect. So definitely five out of five. 
one for your bookshelves so you need to have a physical copy no ebooks definitely thank you very much definitely yeah so what's the latest book that you're reading so i'm currently reading perennial seller by um ryan holiday which is an amazing book yeah it's a non-fiction, mm-hmm. but I'm also going to start um, Six Stories and an Essay by Andrea Levy. I hope that's how you say her last name. You got a lot to read. Um, yeah, I love reading this. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you reading at the moment? I day? am rereading a lot towards the end of this year, so I'm reading Born a Crime, which love. you know we're going to talk about soon as well. I'm excited. Same. Uh, thank you for joining us on today's episode of Book Forsations. We hope you've gained benefit from the discussion. You can find the book review on myrahila.com. Email us your thoughts at bookforsationspod at gmail.com and let us know what books you want us to check out. Till next time. Peace out, guys. Remember to read!